Hi, I'm Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Dr. Li Meng Yan is a virologist, and she was also one of the lone voices blowing the whistle at the onset of the pandemic over how the Chinese communist regime allowed the virus to spread around the world, all the while covering up the outbreak inside of China. With COVID cases again skyrocketing across China, Dr. Yan joins us to discuss. Dr. Li Meng Yan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Doctor, there are reports that an estimated 250 million people in China have just recently uh, been infected by the COVID virus in a very short period of time. It's in a country that obviously is not forthcoming when it comes to data. Uh, What do you make of this? And have you been hearing anything from your contacts inside of China? Yes, I'm working now with a lot of people based in China uh, to get the firsthand information because China government didn't share the real information. And the thing is, I've been studying it for days until now for several weeks. Uh, we see a lot of in common as what happened in Wuhan in the early 2020 at that outbreak. And also we see the situation getting worse and worse. And it cannot only explain uh, using the immune response difference or the coverage of vaccination or the uh, nature origin outbreak. There are a lot of suspicious things happened, which we need more information. However, what we can say is the first, we don't know what exactly virus variants circulating in China. Although government told the uh, people that it's Omicron, but the symptom is much more severe uh, on average in the population and transmission is very high. And also we see the death toll increasing like crazy uh, with a lot of more people have the pneumonia, even they are the healthy adults. And also we see government, of course, there are man-made factors to make the uh, situation worse because government control the drug supply and they don't allow people to get the useful medicine and the hospitals are overloaded. And the thing is, what happened now is very concerning, but China is already going to reopen, gradually reopen, and they will formally reopen right after this new year. So if at that time the virus tsunami come out of the come out of China going to to the world, it's really a big worry that whether we have prepared to handle it, what will happen? Now, to your point, um, are the conditions uh, ripe based on what you're seeing in China right now for another variant to emerge? And I also want to ask you, Japan uh, has just implemented restrictions on Chinese travelers starting, I believe, on uh, December 30th. And should the international community be concerned about visitors traveling from China to other countries at this moment? Of course. We know that back to uh, 2020, when Wuhan locked down, but China managed to send some of the travelers all over the world. And then soon after, we see the pandemic coming from Italy and then later uh, come to America. And this time, it's not only Wuhan. There are multiple big cities, even larger than Wuhan, like Shanghai, Guangzhou, Beijing. They all got into this kind of outbreak, virus tsunami, and we don't know why the things become so terrible because the people 
like the gas uh, symptoms at the same time and also uh, from the young people to elderly uh, it's kind of uh, that we need more examination and the preparation but now if we don't give the travel ban or this kind of restriction i'm worried that we don't have enough time to prepare for all of these so let me ask you why do you think we have seen such a sudden shift in policy from covid zero to essentially opening up the floodgates uh, overnight in china oh yeah so we really can see uh, that the first thing is because of the white paper revolution it actually clearly threatened the Chinese Communist Party government and also Xi Jinping. So that makes a very strong that instability for the Xi Jinping's control in domestically. And also uh, after that, we say uh, right after that, we say the international pressure come to China government because the House Intelligence Committee has recently published a report pointed out the connection between COVID-19 virus and also China's government's uh, bioweapon study. And also they want find out the origin of COVID. They also said they will hold Chinese Communist Party accountable. So this is very big international pressure for Xi Jinping's regime. And uh, so that's why it's a very suspicious timing that suddenly China government shows a step down and then they, they said, okay, we leave to the zero COVID policy and let you have the freedom. However, after that immediately, this virus outbreak come and people are trapped, suffered in this outbreak. So there is no protest now. And also because the, the other government don't know what is happening in China. So since China has gained more time to do other things, to conduct other tactics or operations. So for certain levels, this kind of outbreak helped Xi Jinping to make more uh, time or chance for their own purpose. Dr. Li Mingyan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And next, we sat down with author Eric Metaxas. He's written a number of books on religion, and his latest is called Letter to the American Church. Metaxas tells us about the culture war taking place in America right now and his stance on where the church stands. Eric Metaxas, thank you so much for joining us. My privilege. Eric, I want to ask you, you've written and explored in your books the various culture wars being waged uh, in our country right now. What has you most concerned? Well, uh, my new book is called Letter to the American Church. I've never, ever, ever written a book specifically to those who call themselves Christians. But I felt a burden to do that uh, for one simple reason. I know that in Germany, I wrote a book about uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer and the rise of the Nazis in the 30s in Germany. I know that it was the silence, specifically the silence of the church in Germany, um, in the face of evil that allowed the Nazis to gain power, to gain enough power to crush the church and then to do evils unspeakable, unprecedented uh, in the modern era. And I knew that, you know, most people who read my Bonhoeffer book would say, oh, I'd be right there, I'd be with Bonhoeffer. Well, the reality is the silence of the church in America, again, specifically the church, people who call themselves Christians, Christian leaders, the silence in the face of evil right now is dramatically parallel 
to the silence of the German church in the 30s. And the excuses given by the German church for their silence, their reasons, um, are dramatically similar, if not exactly the same, as what American Christian leaders are giving for their excuses for silence. And I said, I have to speak about this because I know that what happened in Germany is a nightmare. Uh, we, we, we know that the silence of the church opened the door to just as I said earlier, unprecedented evils. And I really believe the silence in the church of the church in America to the global uh, threat of, you know, uh, Chinese communism, uh, domestic uh, cultural Marxism, transgender madness, all of these things uh, are ultimately a war on God and God's purposes and are going to harm people just as what the Nazis did uh, w was fundamentally atheistic and evil. And so I'm trying to get people in the church to understand that you think everything's okay or maybe this is going to blow over or the pendulum swims back, swings back and forth. No. What happened in Germany, you have to deal with the fact that it was because of the silence of the church in Germany that that happened. So letter to the American church is written to the American church today to say, your silence, you're looking away, you're pretending that it's not your job to speak against these evils is theologically wrong. It's not biblical. Uh, and those who bought that idea in the 30s opened the door to satanic evil in their time. And, and millions of human beings suffered. And God judges those who claim to be Christian. Again, I'm, I'm talking specifically to Christians, people who say like, oh, I believe what the Bible says. I have faith. God is not interested in your claiming to have faith. He's interested in whether you have actual faith. And if you have faith, I was going to call the book, the letter to the American church, I was originally going to call uh, faith without works is dead. Because in the Gospel of James, in the Bible, it says faith without works is dead. In other words, if you claim to believe these things, but don't behave as though you do. In other words, if you're, if you're not living self-sacrificially and fearlessly and courageously, you effectively prove you don't have faith. So it's fascinating to me that people talk about, oh, I have faith, I have faith. If the church is not active, if our faith is not active, uh, if we are not living out our faith, it's proof we don't have faith. And that's precisely the theological error the German church fell into. They said, we have faith, we have faith, we just don't think we're supposed to speak against these evils. And we saw what happened. I really believe America is already being judged. Horrible things are already happening. And it's only a foretaste of what is to come if we don't get this right, if we don't wake up. We know the German church didn't wake up. The question is, will we wake up and will the evils that have befallen us, which we can name uh, innumerable evils, will they wake enough people up? But I wrote the book uh, to speak to those who don't yet get it and to say, consider this. And that, that was going to be my next question to you. There's probably a lot of Christians that aren't as tuned in or tapped in politically as you and I maybe or others. So how do you weave your message uh, across to them to not offend them, essentially? Well, listen, I, I don't care whether people are offended. I, I said what I said as graciously as I could. I, I, I don't... Uh, I don't write to be offensive, and I think that any fair-minded person would not be offended by what I'm writing. And I, I take that very seriously, actually, because uh, if somebody's offended by what I'm saying, I don't think they're hearing what I'm saying. What I'm trying to say is, this happened already. This happened in the 30s in Germany. The results, if you 
care about human beings, you have to take this seriously. The suffering that was brought about by the silence of the church in Germany is so horrific that it, even if you thought uh, 10% of that could happen, you'd have to say, well, I've got to do something. I can't allow that to happen. I'm convinced that many good people are getting this wrong. You don't have to be evil. There are evil people. But I'm saying I think that there are good people that they bought, they bought the siren song that I'm not supposed to be involved in culture wars, not supposed to be involved in politics, just supposed to stick to my faith. That's not biblical. Your faith has to be lived out, and it is people who simply disagree with you that are going to try to cow you into silence by saying, oh, you're being political, you're being political. My answer would be, well, so what if I'm being political? If, if slavery is an issue, or the slave trade is an issue, should I not speak against it? Should I be silent? Now, I wrote a book on William Wilberforce before my book on Bonhoeffer. Wilberforce, because of his Christian faith, stood boldly and was involved politically to abolish the slave trade. He felt it was his Christian duty on behalf of the strangers suffering to speak up and to work uh, politically and culturally to abolish this evil and abolish other evils because of his love for these other people. Because God says, I love these people, and if you claim to follow me, you need to love them and you need to be active. And so what I'm saying is today, there are tons of people that are saying, well, I'm not supposed to get involved. And my attitude is, no, according to the scripture, you're obliged to get involved. You're obliged to live out your faith for the sake of those who have no power. Eric Metaxas, thank you so much. My privilege, thank you. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.